morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. Our worship leading us into worship. For those of you that are part of the worship team, uh, you're making Jordan work too hard. So listen, let's just let's let's help him out. Let's help a brother out, man. Use some faith. Say, God, I'm going to get back up there and make some beautiful music and praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, listen, we have been in a series for the last couple of weeks as we've started this new year and we've called it the two minute warning and we've referenced it to really just the last two minutes of a football game and what they do is they have a two minute warning clock and so therefore when the game gets to the very end and it hits two minutes everything stops and the clock resets to two minutes and that's all that remains to the game right So what that indicates is it is time to put everything on the line. It's time to dig deep and grit it out and just do everything within our power to win. And the fact of the matter is, is that from this two-minute warning or these last two minutes, it is not time to play for defeat. It is time to play for victory, right? Come on, and how many of you know that the Bible tells us that the season and the time and the hour that we are living in is the last two minutes? Now, I don't have time to go back into all uh, uh, the logistics or some of the things that we talked about, but the Bible tells us that Jesus told us that there are things that are going to be shown and things that you'll see that indicate that we are in the last two minutes one very in particular is that it says the generation that sees Israel become a nation again that they will see the coming of the Lord and so everybody within this room qualifies for that very thing so that means depending on how old you are if you're young enough I know myself that would be included that me this young fellow right here is going to see Jesus coming to get the church amen Now, you might say, well, I didn't think we knew when he was coming. No, the Bible says you don't know the day or the hour, but the Bible says you'll know the season, and the season is at hand. And so we are in the last two minutes, if you will, and it's time to grit it out. It's time to lay it all on the line and begin to get focused for what God's called us to do. Amen? And so, you know, when you think about it, those those players that are playing on the football team, and as they're lining up on the line and they see the two-minute clock ticking down, as they're lined up and getting ready for the next play, they are not thinking about the big picture of winning. Winning is not what is on their mind in those last two minutes. What is on their mind is their particular purpose individually. Meaning, I'm on the line, and I have a job. And therefore, my focus is specifically on my assignment and what I'm called to do and what my purpose is. And collectively, as a team, every person doing that together comes together and combines to make the win a reality. Right? And so, as we look at that, or from that example, as I said That's the hour and the time in which we're living in. And so God wants us to learn how to focus. He wants us to focus on our place and our purpose. Because every single one of us have a part to play. And there is purpose for us in this hour and this time that we're in. 
You may have seen this if you follow sports, maybe even just saw it on the news. If you follow sports, you'll see that in the headlines over these last few weeks, there was something that was kind of heartbreaking, if you will. And it was the field goal kicker for the Chicago Bears. Had a horrible, horrible last game. And if you know the story, he's a field goal kicker that is known to have a reputation for hitting the upright or the pole of the upright for the goalpost. And back in November, he was playing or they were playing the Detroit Lions. And in November, in that one game, his name is Cody Packy, I believe his name is. Cody hits the upright pole of the field goal four times within one game. They said that is almost statistically impossible, but he did it four times in one game. And then just a couple of weeks later in Minnesota, he kicks for a field goal again and hits the upright pole yet again. And then they're playing the Philadelphia Eagles just a couple weeks ago. And this was do or die. It's if we win, we progress to the playoffs and we're one game closer to the Super Bowl. And so they're within the two minutes. And he lines up. And the game is on the line. And Cody steps up to kick a field goal. If he makes this field goal, the Chicago Bears progress. If he misses the field goal, they go home and they're done for the season. And once you know it, he lets the kick fly and he hits the upright pole of the field goal post and they lose the game. I mean, what a way to finish the season. I mean, just that close by milliseconds of a meter or whatever you want to call it and they miss or lose the game millimeters of a second that's I, I that's not even anything is it <laughs> you know what I'm talking about it's just a small small margin but now the interesting thing is is that as they begin to interview him as devastated as he was they begin to find out that concerning his practice of what it was that he does to practice his craft and his purpose and his position, how he focuses for his place, is he kicks the ball at a pole. Here's the moral of the story. If your focus is wrong, it will affect your purpose when it really matters. I said, when your focus is wrong, it will affect your purpose when it really matters. When you need to be focused on the right thing in the last two minutes of the game. So I want to talk to you this morning about focusing on your purpose. Focusing on the things that really matter. Focusing on what we need to be focused on in these last two minutes of the church before Jesus comes. So you might ask the question, what is my focus to be? Our focus should be on our purpose. You see, you're the only you. And you're the only one that can do what you have been called to do. Nobody else can do what you can do. And if you don't do what you've been called to do, nobody else will. And therefore, there is a hole that is left because you don't step into your purpose. Right? There is only one you. 
And when you don't fulfill your purpose, the rest of the team suffers because God has a strategic plan for you and you alone. And we all need to come together and begin to focus on what God has called us to do. Now, if I was to ask you the question, what is our purpose to be? We could come up with a lot of different answers. We could come up with answers that would sound really good. We could come up with answers that sound right and many that would sound noble. But what have we been called to do? The best way to find out what we have been called to do is go to the book, go to the manual, go to the commander-in-chief and ask him, what have you called us to do? What is my purpose? What should I be focused on in this life? And the Word of God gives it to us very clear. First of all, if we go back to the very beginning in the book of Genesis, he lays some things out. And so I want to lay out for you God's plan and God's purpose for us just as his kids. You'll see here in Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1 beginning in verse 27. The Bible says, So God created man in his own image, and in the image of God he created him, male and female he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said to them, See, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth, and even the trees whose fruit yield seed, you shall have, or they shall be for food. So as we look at that scripture that God declared at the very beginning at the creation of man, there's some significant things that we see. First of all, the Bible says that God blessed them. Now for us, we just kind of think that is a term of endearment. You know, you sneeze, you say, oh, bless you. But when God blessed them and when you study out the scripture, in him blessing them, really it was a declaration of covenant or promise. So in other words, when he says, I bless you, he was saying, I'm making a promise to you. And in being blessed, it means that you are empowered to prosper and increase in your life. And it is my promise to you to see it come to fruition. In addition to that, he says, now, be fruitful. Be fruitful. So in other words, your life will bear fruit. He goes on to say, multiply. And then he says, go and change your landscape. The things that you see, change it. Make it for the better. And we'll look at that just a little bit further as we move on. But before we continue, something that I want you to do, just as a group participation. You should have all received sunglasses as you've come in. And if you don't have any, uh, our ushers have a bucket of them, and they'll see to it that you have some. But if you have your sunglasses, will you just put them on? Let's just kind of do this as a, a group, if you will. And if you will, just leave your sunglasses on for the next few moments, all right? I want your eyes to adjust to them, and I'll give you instruction as to when to take them off. But just keep them on for the next few minutes and allow your eyes to adjust. In fact, look around for just a minute. Look how, how cool everybody looks, man. Come on. <laughs> the, the ushers, they told me that y'all were asking, is this, are these 3D glasses? Man, I tell you, if they were, we could have some fun, couldn't we? Woo! 
<laughs> Coming at you in 3D. Whoa, come on. <laughs> Amen. All right, so when we're talking about our purpose, when we're talking about what we would look at as to what this life really means or what our fo focus should be, we said that many of us would have some good ideas, but you know, the reality is, is that we spend the majority of our life and live our life trying to be fulfilled, right? Everything that we do in this life is to somehow make us feel good, make us feel better, or make us feel healthy, happy, or make us feel complete. But I just want to put this on the table for you in the event that you didn't know. You know, there's that old saying that says, you know, the boys that die with the most toys win, right? How many of you guys like your toys? Anybody like your toys like me? Come on. Yeah, you know what? You used to be able to get some golf clubs from, from Walmart that were real cheap. Then the more you start playing golf, man, you want the good golf clubs, and they're not cheap, right? And, and, and it just seems like the more we play, the more we acquire, and the more that it costs. But I got news for you. You won't take any of your toys with you. And, and I know that we, we might strive to have the nice house on the golf course or we might have the, the cottage on the lake. But I'm here to tell you that when it's all said and done, they're going to stay here. Right? You might have the 401k, the retirement. You might have even hit the, the mega ball and you, you're, you're richer than anybody that anybody could ever know. But I'm here to tell you that it's going to stay in your bank account when Jesus comes to get us. You're not taking anything with you. It's going to stay right here. And as much as we have pride in our sons and our daughters making the all-star team, and as happy as that makes us feel, it won't mean anything if our kids don't make the cut to heaven. You see, there's a reality of this life of focusing on the main thing. And in understanding what the main thing is and what we're to focus upon, it begins to align us with our purpose. God has a purpose for every single one. Are we focused on it? The reality is, again, that we invest the bulk of our time in specific areas. Areas that really don't have any eternal value whatsoever. And at the end of the day, the things that we invest the bulk of our time in Will it, will it make a difference when we stand before God that factors into the equation that says to us, come on in, you've been a good and faithful servant. Or will all of it be burned up? Because the Bible says that it will be judged by fire, right? And so, with all that we invest our time in, does it have anything to do with what God is wanting to say to us in that day? Amen? Now, the thing is, is that we live this life coming to church on occasion. We lift our hands. We sing, I am who you say I am. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> the offering comes by and I just kind of act like I put something in it. But praise the Lord. You know, come on. I do the church thing, right? But all the while, if our focus has been on all these other things that have distracted us, have pulled us, all those things that we've invested our life in, we come to church and live this life 
not seeing clearly. We've got shaded eyes. We don't see as clearly as we could. Now, one last thing before you take your sunglasses off. Just look to some people across the aisle. Just look at them. All right? Now, take your sunglasses off. Woo! Can you see better? Can you see clearer? Absolutely. What about the person that you just looked at a minute ago? Can you see them a whole lot better? You look at them this time. Whoa, wow. <laughs> scary. Wow. Right? Come on. You can see more clearly with the shades off your eyes. And more importantly, the people that you do life with, you see them more clearly when you don't have shades on your eyes. But there's all kinds of things that we've invested in this life that causes us to go through this life having shades on our eyes and therefore our clarity of vision, our focus, and understanding our purpose is diminished because of all the things that we've allowed to get in the way. Can you say amen? Now I just want to talk to you this morning in regards to some specifics Maybe you're here this morning and you can't get out of your headspace. You are just constantly in your brain and thinking about the past and all the things that have happened. And as tragic as they may have been, it's in the past, but yet you live life as though you are the victim. Now, again, I'm not being critical or condescending, but I'm saying. You live in this headspace. Maybe you're a person that's here this morning and you're saying, you know what? I, I just don't know what it's worth. I don't know what the meaning of life is. I don't know if anybody even cares that I'm here. In fact, maybe you've entertained taking your life because it just don't seem like it's worth living. Maybe you're a person here that you live your life and substance is what helps you become you. Drugs, alcohol, nicotine, pornography. Now, I'm not getting on a soapbox, but my point is this. When we say we need those things, what we're actually saying is that I need something to make me become the person that I want to be, and therefore I can't be that person without being or doing that thing. Well, I just do it for fun. Now, listen. Let's get down to it. Let's get to the, 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 the brass facts about it. If we're saying, I'm looking for the weekend, I'm going to let my hair down, I can't wait till that time. What are you saying? Substance is helping me become the person that I want to be. Now, I'm not getting on a soapbox, but here's my point. Could it be just maybe that the devil sees all the potential in you and the purpose in you and all that God has put in you and on you and he wants you to stay in your headspace because as long as you stay in your headspace and play the victim rather than the victor, you'll never step into the purpose that God's called you to. If he, if he can get you to think, you know what, I might as well just check out. I might as well just end it all. If he can begin to make you feel as though you don't have value, you won't see all that God put in you. And could it be that the enemy sees how great God has called you to be and he just says, if I can distract them long enough, they'll never fulfill their place. They'll never have purpose. 
and therefore they'll remain a whole because they don't ever find out who they are. Or if I can just convince them, if you just have a good time on the weekend, you can just have fun. You can just be light and easy. You can be the person that you want to be. All the while, he's just wanting you to be distracted because you've got greatness on the inside of you and you don't need anything else but the power of God on the inside of you. Amen? See, I'm talking about focus. I'm talking about purpose. And for us to define and understand who God's called us to be. But the enemy is working so hard in these last two minutes to keep us with filters on our eyes so that we never step into that place and we'll never see clearly the way God wants us to see. So, what should my focus be? Jesus lays it out. He says this in Matthew's gospel. In Matthew chapter 22, starting in verse 36. It says, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? In verse 37, Jesus replies, he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And he says, this is the first and the greatest commandment. If there's a first, then there's got to be a what? A second. He says, this is the first and this is the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. That's the first priority. That's our first focus. That's our first purpose. So I really want you to ask a question this morning. Because I'm talking about getting your focus back. And this will define whether or not you're distracted or not. Or whether you have focus. Can you honestly say that you love God with everything within you? Does it drive what you do? Does it affect how you think? Does it affect how you respond? Do you love God with everything within you? And if we can be honest, and if we were to say, no, I can't say that I love God with everything within me, then there's three conclusions. Number one, you've never met Jesus and received him as Lord and Savior. Number two, you don't know how to. Or number three, you don't want to. I've got other things that take place. And so here's what we could say. If I can't say that I love God with my heart, with my soul, with my mind, with everything within me, then I can say this for a surety. There is something on the altar of my heart. You say, well, I don't know that I'm I've got something on the altar of my heart. No, there's an idol on your heart. I said, there is an idol on your heart. You say, well, how can you say that? What gets most of your time? What do you invest most of your time in? What do you think the most about? What do you give of yourself to the most? You see, God wants us to understand that we are in the last two minutes of this life. And it's time to get focused. It's time to find purpose. It's time to do what God's called us to do and hunker down. To love God. But notice what he says this. He says, the second commandment is like unto it. He says, first of all, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Secondly, in verse 39, he says this. And the second is like unto it. Love your neighbor as yourself. So, you remember I said to you that if you have shades on, it affects how you see. 
just in general. But then I asked you to look at somebody across the room, and we said, yeah, it affects how I see people. So if God is not on the altar of my heart, then it will affect how I see people. In fact, people will just be casualties. But when I love God, when I love Him, when I pursue Him, I'll see people a whole lot different. Now, remember what God said? He said, be blessed, be prosperous, be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. You reproduce whatever you are. I said you reproduce whatever you are. Your kids will become you. What are you reproducing? Are you reproducing kids that say, man, I want to love God. I want to know God. I want to fulfill my purpose. Or are you raising kids that say, you know what? Can't wait for the weekend. Because the weekend will help me become the person that I really want to be. See, God's called us to find purpose. Now you might say, well, how do I do that? Because you said, number one, either I don't know him. Number two, I don't know how to know him or I just choose not to know him. Most people, if you ask them sincerely, they say, I want to know how, but how do I? Just making the investment. You see, we as a church, we come together, and our vision is to love God, love people, and love life. And that's just what we're talking about. You see, if you'll love God, you'll love people. And if you love God and love people, you'll, you'll love life. It's just physically impossible to not love life. And so you say, well, how do I grow? Well, coming to church is a real big way of doing that. Coming to church on Wednesday night, you say, well, is Wednesday night church a biblical thing? Well, you don't find Wednesday night service in the Bible to say, well, you got to come to church on Wednesday. But you see, coming to church on Wednesday, we purpose to grow and mature believers, to teach them a little bit deeper how to live this life of faith. And so if you're really hungry, if you simply want to experience a life change, then you invest in what's important to you. And here's one thing that I know. Because the Holy Spirit constantly is drawing us to know Him. And I know that every Wednesday, God's talking to people and saying, you ought to come to church. And throughout the week, people were saying, gosh, I think I'm going to go to church Wednesday. I think I'm going to go to church Sunday. I think I'm going to show up this week. And there's the want to. But have you ever noticed that the distractions start to come? It's a diversion of focus. It's the tactic of the enemy. Why? So that in these last two minutes, we're ineffective and just taking care of me, taking care of ours, rather than fulfilling God's purpose. Amen? We have Wednesday night prayer. Why do we do that? We pray for our church. We pray for the purpose of this church. And obviously, we are the church. But prayer gets you into a position of knowing and hearing from God. I'll close with this story. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we were in Tennessee, and so we played a video on this Wednesday night service of a friend of mine. I went to Bible school with him. Uh, we, we always argue about this particular fact, and he always takes credit for 
Kelly and I getting married, he says he's, he's the reason for it. But he said he kind of straightened me up a little bit. But nevertheless, he was sharing about his sister. His sister works for, worked for Haynes Underwear Company. And she was a sewer. And so she would go to work. And he said, my sister, she's just a, a Holy Spirit-filled woman. He says, in fact, you get around her, he, he said, you're going to find out about Jesus. And she's, she's unbashful about it. And so, he said, they began to hear about this woman down on the assembly line because she would sew underwear. And she would just sew and just sew and just sew. But while she was sewing, she would just start praying in the Spirit. And as a result of praying, God just anointed her and all of a sudden her productivity started to go through the roof to the point that they started taking notice of this woman that just had these numbers and these quotas that were just through the roof and she was paid by the piece not for the job and so she began to be a woman that exceeded in money or payment more than all the bosses so they had to come down and find out who this woman was that was doing so much in the quota of her production and the amount of money that she was making and as they talked to her they said how is it that you're doing this and she said well I start sewing the underwear when I start sewing the underwear I start praying in the spirit when I start praying in the spirit God just anoints me and man I just seem to get these things done quicker than I can even imagine and they were so impressed with her and just because she was full of God see I'm talking about purpose because everyday life can become purpose your workplace, your home, your marriage, your church, the grocery store. So they came back and they started to ask her some questions. And the, the funny thing is that they were asking her questions about business that she had no clue about. That was above her pay grade. And they would come and ask her for her her advice or her opinion and she would say well you know what I don't have any idea about that she goes but one thing I can do is that I can pray and he'll give me the answer she says so if you'll just give me a little bit of time she says I'll, I'll get you an answer so she would pray as she's making underwear there come back she goes well this is what God said and if you'll do what God said you'll be successful and so they started listening to her and started implementing what God started telling her while she was at work making underwear and every time she told them something, it worked to the point that they took this woman that was sewing underwear and promoted her to being over the production of the entire company simply because she knew her purpose. She didn't have a college degree. She wasn't educated. She just knew God and was focused on Him and knew her purpose and her purpose and her focus affected many we're in the last two minutes folks it's time to focus it's time to say God I want to know you I want my kids to know you I want to see you do great things because of what you've called us to do amen can we stand Your sunglasses are yours to keep.
Let them serve as a reminder how cool you are, first and foremost. But secondly, anytime you wear them, just remember, God, focusing on you. Let it serve as a reminder to say, God, I want to see clearly. I want to know my purpose. I want to, I want to be somebody that changes my landscape. That when I stand before you, you'll say, come on in. You've been so good and so faithful to do what I've asked you to do. And you'll find, now listen to me, you'll find that the toys, the house on the lake, the savings account, it'll be blessed. Not because you try to make it that way, but because you found your purpose and focus and God just saw to it that everything you put your hand to began to be fruitful. And you'll enjoy life like you never could think you could enjoy life. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for today. We thank you that, Lord, our hearts are being redirected. Our minds are being cleared. And we thank you that, Father, for the first time, maybe in a long time, Lord, you've shaken us. You've stirred us on the inside to dig deep, to look inward, and to look upward and say, God, I want to know you, and I want to be fulfilled by you, and I want to fulfill what you've called me to do. God, I thank you that, Lord, this church, these people are destined for greatness. That we are landscape changers because of who we are. And we give you all the thanks and praise in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Come on, let's worship God one last time before we go. subscribe to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites which can be found at our website gvchurch.tv we know that today's message has been a blessing to you thanks for listening we are genesee valley church loving god loving people and loving life